In today's episode, I play a chapter from my newest book, Postflop Online Poker. Welcome to Smart Poker Study. I'm your host, Sky Matsuhashi, and I really do appreciate you spending a bit of your study time with me. You subscribe to the show, you download it, you listen to it, you take action with it, you are improving your game with this podcast, and I appreciate that for sure. Now, if it's your first time here, welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you're back for more, welcome home, Sloan. So if you enjoy this episode and learn something from it, and I guarantee you will, please share it with a friend. Just send them to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash postfloponlinepoker. That's one word, postfloponlinepoker. Alrighty, so uh, I'm going to play a track from the audiobook of my latest poker book, which is called Post Flop Online Poker. Now, as of this podcast release date of uh, July 31st, 2020, the book is available in PDF and audiobook versions from my own website. And you can get those by going to the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash postfloponlinepoker. Now, in early August of 2020, it's going to be available uh, on Amazon in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook versions as well. But if you want to get it now, before the rest of the world can get it on Amazon, and if you want to get a $5 discount, just go to the show notes page and use offer code POD5OFF. That's P-O-D, the number 5-O-F-F, POD5OFF, for $5 off when you check out uh, through that page, smartpokersite.com slash postfloponlinepoker. You can get the PDF version, audiobook version, or you can get a discounted combo, the PDF and the audiobook, which is already discounted. But if you use that offer code POD5OFF, you get an additional $5 off my new book. So the track that I'm about to share with you, it's from chapter five, and it's called Narrowing Post-Flop Ranges. This is the third of four chapters that are all about hand reading, both on and off the felt. Now, the chapter prior to this was about assigning pre-flop ranges to your opponent. So based on how they entered the pot, you put them on a wide or maybe a narrow range of hands. And I think you're going to find value in this chapter without needing to hear the prior chapter And within this audio, you're going to hear me reference five different images. And if you go to the show notes page for today, you can see all five of those images right there. And it's going to help you understand what you're listening to. Anybody who buys the audiobook gets access to a special page that has all the images on it. Of course, those images are within the book itself, so the PDF and eventually the paperback version will have all the images. But to help you understand a little bit more, once again, show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash postfloponlinepoker to check out those five images and to get a discount on the book. All right, let's get to it. Gambate! This is damn exciting stuff. Chapter 5 Domino 5.3, Narrowing Ranges Post-Flop This chapter dives into the second step of hand reading, narrowing a player's range through the streets. Keep in mind that the pre-flop range of hands that you assign your opponent, that's the widest their range can ever be. Post-flop, you're removing hands street by street. Remember, never adding hands until you finally arrive at their river range. Let's say you open raise from the button and the small blind folded, then Nitty Nancy called in the big blind. You give her a 14% calling range, which you can see in figure 31 on the images page. The weakest suited connector in this range is 8-7 suited, so you've chosen to exclude 7-6 suited from her preflop range 
because you think Nancy would not call with this hand. No matter what happens post-flop, her range can never grow beyond this 14%. If the flop comes down, king of clubs, five of hearts, four of hearts, can she hold an open-ended straight draw? No, because you excluded 7-6 from her range, along with 6-3 and 3-deuce. But what if the turn is a non-heart 8 or 3, and Nancy shoves 120 big blinds? Surely now she can hold a straight, right? There's 3 to the straight on the board and she shoved! Again, no. As long as you keep in mind her preflop range and narrow it through the streets, you will not succumb to this monster-under-the-bed way of thinking. Hand-reading exercises train you to have range awareness. I used to see the board on the turn. King of clubs, five of hearts, four of hearts, eight of spades, and I would think, damn, as straight as possible now. But all my hand-reading experience over the years has helped me see the truth in these situations. I know that Nancy cannot flop it if she didn't hold it pre-flop. She can't have it on the turn if I removed it on the flop, etc. The critical idea here is that ranges never grow. They only shrink as the hand progresses and you're able to remove hands that don't fit a player's actions. As a range narrows, you gain a better understanding of how strong or weak your opponent is at every stage of the hand. Your job is to use this read on their hand strength to make exploitative plays. Player Spotlight, Nitty Nancy The examples in this chapter revolve around Nitty Nancy, and you could see her HUD readout in figure 52. So far, you've played 530 hands against Nancy, and you've deemed her a nitty player by observing her statistics, her tendencies, and the hands that she's revealed at Showdown. She's typical of most nits that you see at your tables. While they make up a small percentage of the players you play against, it's worth understanding a bit more about nits to better help you exploit their tendencies. Take a look at figure 32. We're going to go through some of the statistics right here. First, VPIP and PFR. Nancy's stats are 11 6. Now, you've seen other nits at maybe 10 7 and 8 6, so she fits right in among them. Her C betting stats. Her flop C bet seems very high at 86%, but given that her pre flop raise is only 6%, her raise first in is also only 9%, and three bets only 2%, she's got small, yet strong preflop raising ranges. So her c-betting isn't too out of line, and it's mostly value-oriented. Folding versus c-bets. Nancy's fold-to-flop c-bet is 20%, which is 1 out of 5, and her fold-to-turn c-bet is 0%, or 0 out of 2. Given that she only calls 2-bets 11% of the time, she's more able to defend against c-bets with these smaller and stronger ranges. Showdown Hands You've never seen her show up as the post-flop caller with less than top pair. And when betting or raising, it's always top pair, top kicker, or better, often two pair or better. You've learned to believe her bets and raises. Post-flop questions to assist in narrowing a range. There are four post-flop questions that I love to ask and answer during my hand-reading exercises. They help me decipher the logic my opponents are using, and this helps me narrow ranges more accurately. Here are the four questions, and I'll discuss each of these in turn right after. Number one, what are they doing this with? 
Number two, how well does their range interact with this board? Number three, why didn't they check, bet, raise, or fold? And number four, what does their action-related statistics say about their range? So that first question was poker's ultimate question. What are they doing this with? Of course, this is my favorite question to ask at any point in a hand. It's an all-encompassing question that gets you thinking about her pre-flop range, and it forces you to use as much information as possible to understand the logic she uses in her decisions. And I discuss this question much more thoroughly in Domino 5.1. Question 2. How well does their range interact with this board? Knowing your opponent's preflop range is the first step to understanding how it interacts with the board. The goal is to visualize which parts of the preflop range hit specific hands or maybe draws on any given board. Consistent hand-reading exercises with Flopzilla Pro improves your understanding of range and board interaction, and it develops your intuition for it on the felt. Take a look at the Flopzilla Pro screenshot that you can find in figure 33 on the images page. This shows how well Nancy's preflop range interacts with the King 5-4 two-tone board. It's critical that you spend some time looking at the statistics section in Flopzilla Pro once you enter in the flop. This area gives a wealth of information to help you understand how Nancy's range interacts with the flop. We can see the frequency of each hand strength this range hits. In this example, we see that Nancy's range flops top pair or better only 20% of the time. It hits that top pair about 16% and sets 4% of the time. The only quality draws are flush draws at 7% of the time, and the range only hits the board a total of 25.5%, which is 1 out of 4 times. Because Nancy's range hits so infrequently, you decide to bluff on the King 5-4, and she calls you. You decide that she's only continuing with top pair or better and a flush draw or better for 25.5% of her range, and you could see this narrowed range in figure 34. Now the turn comes, the eight of spades. She decides to come out firing for her remaining 120 big blinds. What an incredible show of strength! Here's how her range interacts with the board on the eight of spades on the turn, and you can see this in figure 34. Sets make up about 14% of her range, and they're right in line with the type of hands a knit like her would shove on the turn. Top pair hands make up 65% of the range. But being a knit with no potential of holding a top pair top kicker hand, because of course you took out ace-king because she just called preflop, shoving on the turn here does not fit with these hands nor her player type. Flush draws make up about 29% of her range, but knits are not prone to committing such a large bet on a draw. So unless you're ahead of sets on this board of king 5 4 8, folding is probably the best response to Nancy's 120 big blind shove. Question 3. Why didn't they check, bet, raise, or fold? This question is helpful because sometimes we forget that players have options and that they would make different plays with different holdings. Calling means the player elected to not fold nor raise. Why is that? The fact that the player chose to call means they likely are not holding a hand worthy of raising, and it's not bad enough to fold. These are the hands we remove from the calling range. 
The King 5-4 flop is a great opportunity for Nancy to check raise her flush draws. It's a hard to hit board, and most ranges don't interact incredibly well with it. And, seeing as how your in-position c-bets are often bluffs, it's a great spot for her to show some aggression and take the pot from you. It's unlikely a nit like Nancy will check-raise flush draws, but if you've seen her do it in the past, and maybe you made a player note to help you remember this fact, you could have chosen to remove those hands from her flop check-calling range. Had you done that, her range on the turn 8 of spades would have contained an even greater portion of sets and top pair hands, making it even more likely that her donk shove was with the set. Question 4. What does their action-related statistics say about their range? This question forces you to use relevant HUD stats to help you understand what they are doing. On the flop, you might think that with a small fold-to-flop seabed at 20%, she's not often folding. But it's a small sample of just one out of five opportunities. And given that it's a hard-to-hit board, and you're going to learn more about hard-to-hit boards in Domino 6.3, she's out of position, and she can't hold many strong hands. So this is a great flop to bluff at. Now, what if her fold-to-flop c-bet were 20%, but it was 20 out of 100 opportunities? Well, you could put more reliance on this stat, so you could include ace-high hands and underpairs in her calling range. This would mean she continued to the turn with more than 25.5% of her pre-flop range, so this would force you to read her turn shove differently. HUD stats make it much easier to narrow ranges and react accordingly, so always use your HUD when doing hand-reading exercises and while playing. Here are the sticky notes for Chapter 5. Sticky note number 1. Ranges always get smaller through the streets no matter what happens post-flop, and they can never grow beyond the flop range you assign. And sticky note number two, the four questions to help narrow ranges. Number one, what are they doing this with? Number two, how well does the range interact with this board? Number three, why didn't they check, bet, raise, or fold? And number four, what does their action-related statistic say about their range? Here are your action steps. Play with purpose number one, train for consistent HUD use. Over your next five sessions, force yourself to look at a player's play-related statistic every time you face an action. Some examples, when facing a flop c-bet, look at the c-bet flop statistic and open your c-bet pop-up to see it by relative position, so in position versus out of position. Another example, when facing a turn donk bet, which is betting into the pre-flop raiser from out of position, you want to look at the turn donk bet statistic. And the last example, when facing a river raise after a c-bet, look at the raise-river c-bet statistic and open the pop-up to see it in position versus out of position. Make a judgment about the player's hand strength based on the action and the HUD statistic. Then make the play that best exploits your read on the player. The goal is to train yourself to use your HUD for every decision. Every instance where you face an action and fail to look at a related HUD statistic is a mistake and a missed opportunity to train HUD use as a habit. Play with purpose number two, poker's ultimate question. You want to do this at the same time as play with purpose number one. Ask and answer poker's ultimate question every time you face an action. What are they doing this with? 
utilize their play-related statistic and any other pertinent information to make a judgment on the player's hand strength. Then make your exploitative play based on your read. And study with purpose. Focus on the statistics section in Flopzilla Pro. During your next 10 hand-reading exercises, remember, you're still doing two per day. Learn more from the statistics section in Flopzilla Pro as the streets progress. If you mouse over each hand strength statistic, that highlights which combinations from the range make up those hands, and you can see this in figure 36. Within the figure, you're going to see that I moused over top pair, and that highlighted Nancy's top pair hands, which were king-queen suited through king-ten suited, and king-queen off through king-jack off suit. And it gives the top pair combo count as well. 16.3636% at 27 out of 165 combos in her range. This will help you develop visualization skills for how ranges interact with flops and develop the all-important intuition for using these skills on the felt. Plus, it'll help to prepare you for Domino 6.3, utilizing board texture, where you will dive fully into range and board interaction. Alrighty, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that chapter and you learned a little bit about narrowing ranges. Now, those action steps that I gave you at the end, those are going to have you playing and studying with purpose, so please be sure to do them. If nothing else, even if you don't purchase this book, you're going to get a lot out of that chapter but just by taking action with that stuff. And if you enjoyed this chapter, you're going to love the book. Trust me on that. You can get Postflop Online Poker right now in PDF and audiobook forms before it's released on Amazon. Just visit smartpokerstudy.com slash postfloponlinepoker and use offer code POD5OFF to get $5 off either version um, or that discounted combination version of both the PDF and the audiobook. And of course, if you pick it up, you have my thanks and appreciation. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be. Mm-hmm.